And so we do this thing periodically called Seven in Seven. We have seven communicators. We'll take a moment to share their story, share something in their life, a, a challenge for us or something like that. And they have to do it under seven minutes. So that's why it's called Seven in Seven. And so all seven have less than seven minutes to do it. And I'm excited. So we have uh, one of our overseers, Randy Joslin. He's from Farmington. Uh, he wasn't able to come this year because of COVID, all that. We didn't bring our overseers during the summer. So he, sh- he sent a video to encourage us. And then we have Robert Bradford, who was, uh, when we first started to grow, one of our teaching pastors. He was on the Bike for Light team. I thought he might be here with us this Sunday because sometimes he stays. And he wasn't able to, but he recorded a video. So we have those two on video. And then the rest will be live. And so uh, we have a few ladies who are sharing and uh, Irving sharing. And myself will wrap it up. I always like I'm excited for this. Uh, Irving is our first communicator, and he's going to pass it off to the next one. So give it up for Irving as he comes to share. Good morning, church. So exciting to see everybody here. It's nice to be back, right? Yeah. Um, this morning, I want to start off with a question for you guys. And my question is, do you live by believing and not by seeing? And um, another form of saying that is, do you live by faith or do you live by sight? And so it's very simple when you think about that because what we see sometimes isn't pretty, right? It's a cold world out there, and I'm not talking about the cold front we just had. So it, it's, it's hard sometimes out there. And based on the things that we see sometimes, it's, it's hard to maintain your faith, right? It's hard to continue doing what you're doing and say, God, I, I fully trust in you and I believe in everything that you have planned for me and, and the way that you want me to go is the right way. It, it gets tough. Um, when we first started coming to the Grove, I was put in a situation where um, I, I basically had to go through a challenge, right? And through, and in going through that, I was, you know, you go through it, you know that it's going to be a difficult situation. Your, your mouth gets dry and you think to God, God, please help me through these, through these things, help me through these challenges. And, um, and in that situation, I didn't like the outcome of it, right? And Little did I know that the plan, the plan that God had for me was for me to start coming to the Grove to get closer to God. And very recently through the last month or two, I went through a similar situation where I was again challenged. But I will tell you this, the difference between me then and me now was that this time I wholeheartedly believed that God was with me and that God was going to help me through this. God was going to fight for me and he was going to be with me through whatever I went through. And no matter what the outcome was, it was his will and whether I personally thought it was good or bad, it was God's plan with a bigger picture in mind than what I could ever imagine. And through going through this, um, I, you know, I, read, I try to read the Bible every day. I try to do my studies. And it reminds me of uh, the story of where the Israelis were freed from Egypt. And I think that that story is very interesting because throughout the whole process of God freeing the Israelis, you see him show himself to them. Right, you go through the beginning. There's a ton of examples of it from before he even freed them. He shows himself. He's um, turns Aaron's staff, even becomes a serpent. Um, he sends them a plague of frogs, um, a plague against livestock of the Egyptians. He, you know, kills their livestock. Uh, a plague of locusts. He, you know, fills the the land with locusts. Uh, death for Egypt's firstborn. He kills all the Egyptians' firstborn. Uh, the first Passover, and he so he he reveals himself. He's there and he's showing everybody that you know I'm God, right? Because if if I was to tell you guys that I'm going to give the city of Santa Fe a plague of frogs, how many of you guys would believe me, right? Like how can I do that? I'm I'm human, so. 
to me, that's like a great example of knowing that God's there with us. Like only God can do something of that caliber to, to show his presence. And so he goes on and he, he frees the slaves and he goes and he sets them on this journey into the desert, right? And he promises them a land that's flowing with milk and honey once they complete this trip. And through this trip, he, you know, he parts the Red Sea. He, he just shows them so many things that he's there. And just like us humans, we, even through all these miraculous things, which we don't see often nowadays, nowadays I think that we're very blessed, so we don't, sometimes we don't pray and we don't have that heart for God that people did back then because we have a whole lot more now. We have modern medicine, we have technology, all these things that we rely on. So sometimes we don't pray as hard as we should. We don't believe as hard as we should. And through all this, the Israelis, just like we would, you know, they start their, their journey, they start their trip, they see all these amazing things, and they get to a point where they get hungry, they get so hungry, and they start just thinking about how it was back in Egypt when they were slaves. And they think to themselves, we remember the fish in Egypt um, at no cost, also the cucumbers, the melons, leeks, onions, and, and garlic, right? And it's like all this amazing food that we had when we were slaves, and now that we're free people, we're out here and we have nothing to eat. We're, we've been sent into the desert to die of starvation. And in, to relate that to common day now, we, we go through these struggles, and we're, we find ourselves in the desert hungry, and what we do is we, we turn back to our own understanding, our own beliefs, and that can be come in many ways that we don't realize it sometimes. It could be money, it could be um, drugs, alcohol, whatever, whatever it may be that we turn to, it's, it's another form, another idol that we hold close to us because we, we say, God, I don't trust what you're doing. And we might do that subconsciously, subconsciously, and that's something to be aware of that we're doing. So um, God hears their, you know, he knows that they're starving and God provides for them. God gives them, he sends them quail and he sends them mammon to, to feed them, give them protein. And we have to remember that even when we go through our darkest times, God's still going to provide. And we have to focus on looking to see what the lesson is behind all of it. Why, is, why are we going through these things? And those things are, are just earthly things. They're not, they're not things of God, but God has us go through them so that we can learn. If I wouldn't have learned before we started coming to church, what I learned through coming to church, I don't know if when, of me facing the same situation again would have had this, the outcome that I wanted it to have. So we have to learn and we have to look for God's plan through that and we have to see what does God want us to do through these times. But no matter how dark the times get, He's going to provide. He's going to be there with us and He's going to fight for us. Another thing that's hard about that, though, is that God's plan will never align with our plan. Right? Because as humans, me personally, I'll give you guys a little secret, I'm a control freak. I need to have absolute control over my life and what I do, what I don't do. And so that's been hard for me um, as my walk with Christ has, has started and it's been evolving. It's been something that I've had to learn to release and say, I don't know what's best for me. I don't know what the bigger picture is and I can't see what God sees because God can see start to finish middle to end, and, you know, everywhere. God knows everything. He sees everything. And his plans sometimes are better than mine. And I've tried to do things sometimes, like, I've, you know, you try to take control into your hands, try to find a different job because you're not happy where you're at. You try to um, just 
force something into your life that is not meant to be there. And God says, no, not today. And God will tell you again, not today, not this week, not next week, not next month, but until we're ready. And God knows when we're ready. And sometimes we don't know when we're ready, but we think we deserve things. But I will tell you this, that even though sometimes we find ourselves walking through the desert, um, dark days don't last. That's just the temporary. And as, as long as we take a step back and we look for those lessons that God has for us, then we'll get through it. And there's always a promise of something better at the end of that journey. So we have to realize that we're the ones who make our journey that could be two weeks into 40 years. So we have to believe wholeheartedly in our hearts that God is there with us, he's going to fight for us, and that he's never going to leave us through every single step of our lives, no matter what we go through. So today I want to leave you guys with that. It's easy to know that God's there, but it's you have to really go deep in your heart and have full faith in him and know that whatever you're going through, no matter how hard it is, no matter how dark it is, he's with you and his plan is going to give you so much more fruit at the end, but you have to believe in your heart, not in your mind. And that's where faith comes from. And with that, I'm going to give you guys Nikki Jones. And she's going to see you guys tomorrow. Good morning. How's everybody? Good? Good. I'm excited to be able to be here and speak um, with you um, together. I have had this opportunity a couple of times, and I've both times spoke about the fact that I struggle with wanting to control everything. And um, Eric asked what have I learned through COVID <laughs> that I still want to control everything. And I absolutely have no control over anything um, has been my a big lesson. Um, so I just want to share with you a little bit of what we've gone through for the past few months. And um, we have three adult kids. And um, our last one just left home for college um, a month ago. And, you know, so this time was, was brought with um, a lot of uncertainty with graduation, with moving to university, and we've been through this with our older two. And, you know, I was a pro by the third, right? I know what I'm supposed to do. I was better with the FAFSA applications, or at least getting them to do FAFSA applications. I thought we were on top of everything. And then this hit, and things shut down, and people are working from home, and um, we're no longer able to tour a campus. And I was looking at the reality of sending our last one off to college with no control, right? I had no idea what the city looked like. I had never been there before. I had no idea what the campus looked like. I had no idea uh, what to expect of the dorms. Um, and I had no clue how we were going to pay for it because with people working from home, we couldn't get answers on uh, scholarship, um, Emails couldn't really get answered in a timely manner about what this was going to cost. So I was really dealing with that stress of, of not, not having control and what this has brought, right? Um, I know that this has brought uncertainty for all of us. Um, so I feel a little silly to stand up here and talk about this trial that I went through, that what we went through, because I know a lot of other people are dealing with huge stuff. I know a lot of people are dealing with the uncertainty of having a job, um, paying bills. Um, my heart breaks for a lot of you that are, that are schooling your kids at home. Even though it's a huge blessing, I know it's a huge challenge, and there's so much uncertainty in that. Um, so I, you know, I felt a little silly wanting to talk about this because I, I grasped that 
the situations out there are a lot bigger. But I also want to just joke for a second about the uncertainty of even getting toilet paper, right? At the beginning of this, we didn't even know where we could get toilet paper. At this point, this month, it's Clorox wipes, right? We don't even know where we can get this stuff. I don't know where it all goes because I can't imagine that after the toilet paper incident, people started like hoarding the Clorox wipes, but they're not out there. Um, you know, we the things we take for granted, the things that I took for granted in preparing our youngest to go to college, I had just, I again, had no control over. Um, that brings me to a scripture I want to share. Jesus was talking to his disciples. And in John 14, 1, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. And hearing that really helped me to realize my heart was troubled. My heart was really troubled with what was going on. Um, with me not, not being able to control situations, with me having this idea of sending the last one off without, without knowing, um, really troubled my heart. But to be able to put it in perspective and have Jesus say, trust in God and trust also in me, changes things a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think that we all get to this point in this season that we're in that we don't, we don't even know what we're supposed to do, right? We don't know what the next step is. Um, we have this piece of art hanging in our kitchen. It's a scripture. And this scripture is Exodus 14:14. 14, 14. And 7 and 7 always shocks me because we don't talk to each other before we come up here to speak. And so for Irving to share about the Israelites and the challenges that they were facing when Moses led them out of Egypt, that's what this is talking about. The fact that the Israelites were standing at the Red Sea and they were looking at what was in front of them, and they were looking at what was behind them with the Egyptians chasing after them. And it was hopeless. And Moses told them, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And it got me when I read that in my kitchen. It's been hanging there for years. But during this time, God was able to use that to tell me, he'll fight for me. He'll figure this out. I just need to put my trust in him and he has it. So, you know, like I said, going into this, we didn't even know how much college was going to cost. So, we, got, you know, Trent had a job. We got up every day, went to work, put money in savings, just um, working towards what we thought we needed to work towards. And the day before we left to take him, we took him August 13th, he gets a text message from the football coach offering him additional scholarship money. He was moved into dorms um, that I told him we couldn't afford, that they were too nice for him. Um, he was moved into those dorms with a single room at no additional cost to us, um, you know, because they want to keep the athletes in the same place. We, we were able to take him, um, and he's in a really good environment. He's, he's actually, um, you know, so I don't want to put all the focus on football, but yeah, for, for me, fo the focus was more like football than education. Um, he's under a coach who puts more emphasis in training up godly men than on training football players. I couldn't have asked. I couldn't have orchestrated anything better. And I just want to encourage you today, whatever you're going through, I can't even imagine what a lot of people are going through. Whatever it is, I just want to encourage you to put your trust in God. It's easy to say, 
But it's really hard to do, I know. When you're at the beginning, when things are starting to fall apart in March, when it was like, what is going on around us? It's really hard to put your trust in God. And when you're in the middle of it and you're like, wow, we are six months in and I still don't know. It's sometimes hard to put your trust in God. But when you can come out on the other end of it, when you can be on the other side of your Red Sea and you can see that God had a plan the whole time and all he was asking was for us to put our trust in him and go where he leads, then you can see he did amazing things. He did more than we could ask or imagine. He's so capable of taking care of us. So I want to encourage you to live in that, live in that peace even in this chaos and put your trust in God. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to turn it over to video, and Randy Jocelyn is going to share. Good morning to the Grove in Santa Fe. Good to see you guys today. Thanks for the opportunity, Pastor Eric, uh, to be able to share with you guys this morning just a, just a brief thought. Uh, Pastor Eric asked me what I had learned uh, during COVID-19. And, um, you know, there, there have been so many things that have happened uh, since March. I mean, I- incredible changes. Uh, we've seen conflict in, in every situation. We've seen so much upheaval and distress. And, uh, you know, I, I never will forget the, uh, the first time of doing uh, online campus only and only doing live stream. And uh, walking into a, walking into an empty room, and sitting down at a table, and uh, and sharing um, a message uh, to an audience that that I couldn't see. Uh, in fact, I I told someone I, I thought I would write a book on reflections from an empty room <laughs> because it was a it was a learning time. It was a learning experience. And uh, then since that time, we've, we've had upheaval in, uh, in our nation in so many different ways, and uh, not just with COVID-19, uh, which just seems to keep going on and on and, uh, and affecting our lives in, in so many different ways. And, uh, and I thought about what would be the most important thing that I could share with this wonderful church on this Sunday morning. And, and, I, and I think of, of all that I've learned and all the many lessons, and, and I go back to, a, uh, to a, a, a scripture verse that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if I've, if I've learned anything in this, in this time of, of pandemic and distress and upheaval, uh, is to hang on to the foundation that Jesus Christ never changes, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he will never change. You know, everything around us seems to be changing. Um, and, and it seems like that the changes are just uh, coming faster and faster. Um, I saw a, um, a post on Facebook uh, that was talking to the month of September and said, Basically, come in, sit down, shut up, stay in the corner, don't do anything. And, and then, of course, we had this freak uh, cold snap that came through 
with with snow and and going from highs in the in the 80s and 90s uh, and the highs in the 50s just seemingly overnight and and even areas of our state getting getting snow and uh, and so there's there's all of these changes that are happening and uh, and they're going to continue to happen but our rock and our foundation is the fact that Jesus Christ never changes that God never changes that he's the same yesterday today and forever uh, that our lives may change our relationships may change uh, the world around us no doubt uh, is changing at, at an incredible pace but to know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever that that is a solid foundation that that is a rock that we can stand on that's a hope that we can hang on to is the fact that that God never changes uh, that he is always the same that he's never going to react to us differently um, in fact he he doesn't react he he responds and you you see that in the life of Jesus that Jesus never reacted uh, but he responded and, and the difference between reaction and responding is time and and taking the time to respond appropriately and and for us in our lives to understand that the foundation of our life is Jesus Christ and and crises are going to come crises are going to change um, different things are going to happen but to know that we have a foundation in Jesus Christ that it's a rock that doesn't move that it doesn't vacillate it doesn't change uh, from one moment to the next but we know that we have forgiveness through Jesus Christ and that that doesn't change that the same God that we see in the Old Testament is the same God that we see in the New Testament there's the same God that we see in, in Santa Fe and in Farmington in, uh, in 2020 and uh, even with all the chaos and everything around us so today I would just challenge you hang on to the foundation that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever and God bless you thank you for the opportunity to share this morning and to know that that's a foundation that you can hang on to uh, God bless you guys God bless you Pastor Eric and sincerity we love you guys God bless you so so good um, my name is Sincerity Montoya and uh, I know some people know me some people don't do this um, this what we've learned through COVID um, it's amazing that we are you were diving into uh, month six and that's crazy to me because nobody expected this in any way um, nobody knows we don't have that ability but um, crazy thing God does God always knew this was going to happen. And um, in the beginning of this year, I had a symbol I, I put around my neck um, on a necklace because I love bling. Um, and I, I wanted this symbol to kind of represent my year. And I was like excited. Let's go 2020. It was my last year of being in my 30s. And I'm uh, super stoked because it was going to be just one of those powerful years. And then uh, March hit and I was like, oh, okay. And um I said, okay, well, we'll adjust. Um, I'm a mom of four kids, and uh, we had to homeschool all of a sudden. And I was like, okay, well, this will just end up being a couple months of that. And we adjusted to it. Um, it was it was a big transition for us because um, I work from home, and then also we were doing um, 
we had to do Grove Online at home. So our kitchen was renovated into church online at our house. And we had an amazing team that would come out every Sunday. For 25 weeks, we did that from our kitchen. And we were homeschooling, and we did summer. And it's been a huge transition. And like uh, Nikki was saying, and like Irving was saying, definitely a year of no control, right? Uh, knock, knock. Sincerity. Next thing you're supposed to say is sincerity who? Because I am also a control freak. You're going to learn that. Um, Because that was one thing that we did not, we could not control everything. The things that were de-stressors for me, um, because I'm a highly driven person, were things I could not do very much. I loved being able to go to the gym and do the things that we needed to do as a family to be able to get away and do that. And we didn't have those. So we had to adjust, and it was uh, definitely um, strenuous, um, not just, not too much in our family. Our family knew how to be together, but the biggest thing was, it was, the hard thing was right here in my head. Um, I felt like I was dealing with a lot of anxiety, and then it would borderline depression um, to a place where I felt like just numb. There was days that I didn't want to get off a hammock or get off a bed, and just my drive was still going just because it was to survive and live because I was also a mom. But the big thing with it is I just felt like just disconnected in so many ways. Um, a big reminder of how much we need each other, right? Um, when we don't have each other and we're not getting with each other, not having people around us and we're, oh, six feet apart and you're getting yelled at because you go to a grocery store, six feet apart. You're just like, chill, person. You know, you get all that. Um, it just starts getting to a place where I was like, this is not fun. This is not, this is not good. And, um, so it, it was just this, this battle. And, and I kind of wondered, like, God, why, why do I have to deal with this? And I know God, gave me, you know, I think God allows sometimes those feelings to come so we can be a little bit more sympathetic and also relate to people. We started hearing from people from the church and where they're going through, same things, them, you know, schooling from home, um, them in places where maybe it felt very dark. And, and it just made me very sad in some ways because there was that disconnection in some ways. And we've always done the online, thank God, for um, technology and that there were things in place that allowed us to continue the ministry, but we still felt as pastors um, disconnected to people for the fact we were saying, how are they doing? How are people doing? And we would reach out here, and sometimes we'd get people reaching out to us, prayer requests, and everybody was just in so many different places, but yet we were all going through the same thing. And so um, it's just, it's been a learning, I, I don't say what I've learned, I feel like it's still continuing to learn, because we're having to adapt and change so much, and I don't like change, I don't, um, because of the opportunity of us getting this building, it created opportunities for us to connect again, thank God for that, and we were able to kind of pour into here, we lived here from 10 to 10 with our kids, and so as much as we might not felt like we had a big summer with our kids, our kids were able to create a space um, with us and we will have those memories for our kids forever and there has been blessings through this and it's been hard but God has shown some some bright things through it and how he's created opportunities with this building we've also got to a place where we're going to buy a home here in Santa Fe as homeowners a lot of people don't know that yes it is something to celebrate because some people can we can easily go and think negative things of what what has happened, but also God has created in the tension, 
he has created some blessings. And so it's been, um, it's been amazing. And you know what? We've been also hearing from other people what God has done in your lives. And we love to continue hearing those. But one of the things I saw this last week that was pretty funny, it, said, it was a meme, and it said, you look tired. And the response was, thanks. I stayed up all night obsessing over all the things I have no control over. And that's what it's felt like through COVID, you know, is being able to sit in places or be kind of stuck in our homes and it's like we're obsessing over all these things that we definitely do not have control over and um it's it's funny but it's not in some ways because we've all been there and um i definitely have felt that stress on that and so one of the things i've leaned on to is to be able to remind myself that some of the things that i've invested in the things that I've we've worked on as far as our overall health, maybe it's a physical health that we've we've always tried to take care of our health so we could be top um, as far as taking care of our our temple as as us. But one of the things that I learned through this is that our mental, emotional, um, and spiritual health is as much important to this. And there was times that I felt like my mental health was it sucked really honestly. And I really re- realized that I needed to invest a little bit more into that in my emotional health also um, because I would just, yeah, just out of nowhere. And I know some of you probably felt that way too, and you're not alone in it. But one of the two things that resources that really helped me, um, and these were books I actually read a couple of years ago, but were able to be able to kind of lean back into them was a book called Put an Exit Through Anxiety. The pastor of the, of the, that wrote this book, Louis Giglio, he actually dealt with um, anxiety and depression. And he is highly driven, but it was these things that would that was showing him that he was dealing with these things. And so he read, he did this. This is actually like a set, like a seven chapter book. It's really easy read. Um, it really helped me. And one of the things, visuals that helped me in that was Eric referenced to it a couple of weeks ago when he was teaching about God being our shepherd. And um, it was it was a moment where I was in bed and being able to say, yeah, I have no control. And my mind was just keeping me up. And it was just kind of, you know, you know. And uh, I felt like like I needed to have a visual. And he, he explained this is just maybe I needed that visual of just Jesus being at the end of the, the, the foot of my bed, putting his hand on my head, on my feet and saying, sincerely, I got this. Go to bed. Sleep. Be in peace. Just sleep. I got this. I'll take care of it. While you sleep, I'm, he's still working. And like I said, God knew this was going to happen this year, and uh, we didn't. And he's still working, and he's still creating miracles through this. We might not see it. Um, that's why, you know, sometimes anthems, the, 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 the words we speak, how we talk about this time, it might be pretty negative. But God still has been faithful. He, like Pastor Randy says, the same yesterday and today and today and forever. And then the other book was Hope in the Dark. Um, amazing book. Again, I never thought like, maybe, maybe this book isn't for me. I read it, finished it, put it down, and I was like, eh. and now here I am just digging right back into it because it's like he is the hope in the dark. And we are so grateful that that God is always a consistent God through this all through this time. And so um, that's what I've been learning through COVID, and I continue learning, and God's going to continue working through all of us. And I look forward to hearing your guys' stories to this, but in it all, it's just been so nice to know that we're all in this together. We're not alone. And as New Mexicans, New Mexicans we are resilient, right? And we're going to um, make the rest of the year an amazing year because God's going to sustain us through it. So, oh, check. 
Thank you. <laughs> Check out the screen for another video. This is going to be Robert. Hey, Grove family. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, speak to you. And I was excited when Eric asked me. I wish I could have stayed and done it uh, live, but hopefully this, this will work. So our topic is, uh, what did you learn during COVID? And basically, one of the things I learned was that people still aren't sure what they should and should not post on social media. Uh, teasing. But along that line, really, um, it was an opportunity, I thought, to communicate hope in a time when things were not looking too hopeful. You know, we talk about healthy people do healthy things. And what I was seeing was that now more than ever, people are in a position where they need a sense of hope. Um, things are pretty depressing. Seem, things seem like they're just chaos and crazy. and we, We're not sure what is going to happen. Are we ever going to get back to normal? How's this thing going to turn out? And, you know, people struggling. Friends of mine lost their businesses and all those kinds of things. And it was a, to me, it was an opportunity. For us to, uh, for me, I should say, for us, really us, but for me personally, to be able to be a beacon of hope and and to talk to people about God and his ability to walk through uh, any challenge that they're having. Um, if you think about it, Going back to the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's like 400 years. And people talk about it being the silent years where God really wasn't talking and God wasn't moving. We don't really have, you know, anything in the Bible, uh, the canon version, you know, having anything to do with those 400 years. Um, but if you think about it, what God was doing was setting up the perfect scenario, the perfect, perfect situation, the perfect circumstances to bring about the Messiah. The Greco-Roman Empire, all their invasions, etc. Being in Israel at that time, it was the perfect opportunity for the Messiah to come. It would fulfill all of the scriptures that had been prophesied about the Messiah. I mean, God was busy working, getting that set up. And we don't know what God's doing right now. We don't know what God is setting up right now. But we can trust in the fact that God is moving, whether we know he's moving or not, whether it looks like he's moving or not. A lot of times we think, see things and it's like, how could God possibly be working in that situation? It's a disaster. But, but he is. And he does. Because God does everything with purpose and intention. And when we are walking through the hard part of life and the challenges of life, if we focus on what God is, that God is working, that God is good, that God is bringing about what needs to be brought about for his kingdom, for his purpose, then we can come, we can come at life from a place of hope. I believe in the power of the gospel to change a life. And I believe that God is working in every situation to bring about life and to bring people to a position of hope 
and to be successful and to, how do I say that? To be in a relationship with him where he's able to impact them in a big way and they can walk together with him. Not alone, but with him. And that's, this time is a real opportunity for us to share that because we have that in us. We have the Holy Spirit. We have hope if we focus on that. And we put ourselves as a beacon of hope. We just finished the Bike for the Light 500 miles. We raised 155 grand. So while all this civil unrest is going, while all this COVID nonsense is going, while everything is looking so bleak, we're probably going to be able to do three water wells three villages impacting 6,000 people who spend their time trying to get find water. They're now just going to have it. They're going to have clean water. Kids won't have to choose between do I help gather water or can I go to school? Women won't have to choose am I going to have to try and find water or can I get an education? It will revitalize and revolutionize these people's communities. While all this chaos is going on, these good things are happening. I just want to encourage you to focus on the hope that is in Christ that we have. Because he is everything we need. Thanks, guys. God bless you. me I am Tabitha I've been coming here for a couple of years I love the Grove um, what have I learned through this pandemic well I learned a lot um, but at first I wasn't really too bummed when we all had to quarantine cancel our plans I wasn't I wasn't that bummed my husband all of a sudden had two months off of work and we had been wanting to do some renovations to our house so I was actually kind of you know, I was happy, and he was home all the time, which is not um, a common thing. So even though renovations do test marriages, um, yeah, I was I was happy. <laughs> um, but then, uh, yeah, in May, a couple of days after Mother's Day, something happened that kind of shook me. Um, we had a Zoom call scheduled, and it was about to start. It was with the teens. And... Uh, I was trying to cook dinner and like finish up before we got started, and then all of a sudden my heart started hurting, like I, not like, like physically hurting, not just I was sad, but um, yeah, uh, I got sharp pains in my chest and I was struggling to breathe. Um, and this pain has happened before, and usually it goes away within minutes, so I didn't freak out or anything. I was just like, okay, well, we'll just wait for this. I told Josiah get on the Zoom call. And I'll, I'll hop on when this goes away. Well, 30 minutes passed and it didn't go away. And so I was like, okay, let me just go outside and I'll call my, my nurse friend and see what happened, what's happening. And um, I checked my heart rate and it was at, I think, 140 beats per minute. I was just sitting down. Um, and she said, she told me, you should probably go into the ER. And so I was like, okay. And then as if one nurse's advice wasn't enough, I called 
the nurse hotline um, just to get confirmation. And they're like, yeah, you should call 911 based on your symptoms. And so I was like, okay, I'm dying. Like, this is it for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is my last day on earth. And so uh, the ambulance got there. They were like, yeah, we should take you in. They took me in. And throughout the whole ride and everything and the visit in the hospital, my symptoms persisted. I couldn't breathe. I was having a hard time because of the pain in my chest. And eventually at around 9 p.m., that finally went away. And they'd given me an IV and my, my heart rate went back to normal. And um, they referred me to a cardiologist and then discharged me. And I was like, all right, it's over. Um, so then we went home and then the next morning I woke up, I got out of bed. I thought it was just going to be normal again. And I started feeling lightheaded and dizzy. So uh, I checked my heart rate and it was in the 160s, and I was like, okay, what the heck is going on here? Um, and so that happened on and off, I'd say, for like two weeks. Um, it would just spike, and then it would go back to normal, and then sometimes it would like dip low into like the 50s and 40s. And um, during that time, I wore a Holter monitor. I got um, an echocardiogram. They examined my chest, and that was towards the end of that two weeks. So it was finally like fading away, and they didn't find anything out of the ordinary. So um, I guess that was that, right? Uh, and my stepdad, I'm so thankful for him. He's a retired paramedic, and he teaches cardiology, and he he understands a lot more than I do about the heart. And he was like, "You're fine. You're not gonna like drop dead. You're okay." Um, but for some reason, I, I didn't believe him. I didn't believe any of the doctors. I was like, something's got to be wrong. Like, like I was still freaking out a little. And, um, and then I started having trouble breathing and like feeling like I couldn't like take deep enough breaths and like my breaths were only shallow and I was aware of it like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, for, I'd say about two months through June and July. And during that time, I um, decided to get a primary care physician and just to see if, you know, just to make sure I was, you know, not going to die, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so she examined me and she's like, you're fine. Um, what you're going through is actually anxiety. And I was like, oh, wow, I've never dealt with anxiety before at this level. I've never had panic attacks in my life. And so, um, yeah. Where am I at? Give me a second. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that actually, ironically, that visit made me feel a lot better. I was like, oh, okay, you know, my body's good. Um, my mind is what's wrong. So I could I could deal with that. Like, So then I started, you know, focusing a lot on my mental health, my spiritual health more, and my physical health. Like, we're always, we've always been pretty healthy, but I kind of upped it, and my husband thought I was crazy. Um but yeah, and uh, I have struggled on and off since. Like I have had weeks where I'm like, you know, like am I, you know, I'm taking deep breaths or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I've been praying throughout it, and and yeah, sometimes I wonder why, like you know, why I'm not back to normal yet. I want to be back to normal. And uh, one thing that I've learned, and I have to keep relearning um, throughout my life, is that God cares more about our character than he does our comfort. Um, in her book, Taylor Made by Alex Healy, um, it's a really good book, she says his purpose is not to change our circumstances, but to change us amid the circumstances we are facing 
In these moments, we need to consciously decide to take every thought captive and surrender it to Jesus Christ. Like, as I'm going through this journey of, like, mental health and getting back to normal, I've learned a whole new meaning for um, scriptures like, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And take, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Um, and another thing that just God keeps bringing up in my life is the word trust. Do I trust him? Or have I just been saying I do all these years that I've been a Christian? Um, I really love what Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says. It says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I love that. I want that for my life, and I want to pass that down to my kids. Um, And yeah, 2020 has been crazy. You know, I'm still in the journey, and I I know a lot of us are struggling through this year. Um, But there have been a lot of good things that have come out of it it for me. Um, I'm thankful for it. Uh, I've been, my hunger for the word has been renewed. Um, And it's, I mean, I've always liked reading the Bible, but this year it's been it's been different. It's been a whole other level. Um, Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, we don't need to worry about what's going to happen in the future. We just need the next steps, and we just need to do the next right thing and trust God along the way. And so my challenge for you guys is to find a new way to engage in God's word. And that's that. That's All right. So, so grateful for each of them that have shared. Uh, they take time and, and share with us. You know, um, have you ever gone to a restaurant and um, maybe the meal or something, the service was subpar, or at a hotel and just the, there was something that wasn't right in your room, or maybe you went and bought a product from a store and there just wasn't something quite right, and you asked the person out and you like, I don't think it's supposed to be this way, and they really can't help you, right? And they just say, well, that's just the way it is. Suck it up, you know, deal with it. And you usually say, well, can I talk to somebody in higher management? Like, can I see your manager, your supervisor, and, uh, or the owner, right? And you go to them and you say, hey, there's something wrong with the service you're providing. And if they're a good owner manager, they say, well, that's, you're right, that's wrong. Let's, let me help fix that. Let's just resolve this. If they're a bad management, they'll say, well, that's just the way it is. Suck it up. Deal with it, right? To which you respond, I'll never come to this place ever again, and I'm going to tell every single person I know never to come here again, right? So we get to 2020, and uh, our life and the things that we expect normal to go on happens, something happens, and we say, this is not right, something's going on, can I talk to upper management? And then they refer us to the government, or they refer us to somebody else, and we say, this is not right, um, I need help, and they say, suck it up, deal with it, that's just the way it is. But you respond, I'm never coming back to 2020, this year sucks, right? <laughs> Well, this year, and I was looking through what what I've learned through COVID, uh, one of the things that I realized is there is somebody with higher authority that you can go to when something's not working, and his word does matter. In fact, it says, in the beginning, there was nothing, and his word spoke, and it turned chaos into order. And there was darkness, and he spoke, and out of the darkness, there was light, and he created something out of nothing. And I found that the most powerful thing in the whole world it's not money, 
It's not influence. It's not power, right? It is the word of God, the very, very word of God. And that's what we hold in our hands when we open the, open the Bible. It is the very word of God that he spoke. And when he speaks, things change. And when I was thinking of COVID and what's going on, I realized that we have to have something that's bigger than us to hold on to. Like every person has said, I love 7 and 7 because we don't talk about what we're going to talk about. Like I don't tell them what I'm sharing. I don't hear what they're sharing. We just, we just do it. Sometimes Saturday night, we'll put the notes in. But a lot of times we don't know what they're going to say until they get up here. And it's amazing how, how the theme of today is what? Confidence, trust, and hope. If you're going to have hope for the future, your confidence and trust has to be in something bigger than the present. And if it's not, you're going to be discouraged. And I look at our world, and a lot of times we are waiting for everything to change because we don't like it. And we're saying, I need to talk to upper management. And upper management doesn't have the answers for us. And every institution we look at on the earth won't have the answers for us at some point. But God does. And his word is powerful. His word is good. So the, the word of God is the most powerful thing in the world. It is the most powerful thing. When he speaks, things change. When I look at, I look at COVID and I think of, um, you know, we, we think of tri- tri- trials and, and hardship and, and troubles and tribulation as a bad thing. I think they're a good thing, right? Because they, they, they reveal to us what is there. Jesus said that you make choices and those choices are like building your life upon something. And he says, depending on what those choices are built upon, they're going to be like solid foundation, right? Like Randy, Pastor Randy said, that God is the same yesterday, it's solid foundation, or sand. And when the storms of life come, something's going to happen. The house is going to either stand up or it's going to fall down. COVID has knocked a lot of our houses down in different areas of our life, maybe emotionally or mentally or uh, financially. It just reveals what's there. It's like a pop quiz when your teacher says, hey, guys, today, surprise, there's a pop quiz. And we all say, that's not fair. I wasn't ready for a pop quiz. So the teacher responds, well, that's just part of the process. I want you to experience and see what you're not ready for. So when the real test comes, you'll be able to pass it, right? That's the purpose of it, is to show you and reveal really the lack of whatever's there or the strength of what's there. And so we take the pop quiz, and maybe we fail, but that's okay. We could build upon what we missed, and maybe we pass, and we're ready for the test. But when we have those tests that come our way, we see them as preparation for the future. When the real test comes... We are ready for it because we're preparing for it. And sometimes in life, we look and something happens to us, it's hard, it's something difficult, and we say, this is not fair, I want to talk to somebody else. And I think God sometimes is saying, no, I want to show you what's there. Like a good God, like a good Father, he's saying, there are things in your life that are lacking, and unless you see it, you're not going to miss it. It's like the farmer who goes to the ground and begins to tear up the ground before he plants, right? It's cultivating the ground, getting it prepared, getting the rocks out, getting the things that don't work. 2020 is kind of like that for a lot of us. God is trying to do something in our lives, and he's tearing up that, what we thought was normal. And we can think of it, look at it like, this is horrible, and my whole life is in, in ruins, is messed up. Or we can say, what is God trying to teach me in this moment? Maybe there's some rocks there that God is trying to pull out of our lives. See, my life, it's exposed some really good things, and it's exposed some really bad things. Where my confidence is, where my hope is, what I've been doing through the years that's creating margin in my life, that we get to a place we say, wow, I'm so glad I did that, now I'm ready for something hard. And other places where I say, man, I wish I was more prepared than I was right now. Maybe it's the process of cultivation is because God believes in us so much that he's saying, let me show you and expose what's there so you can get better for the next time. Because here's the truth. There will be a next time. It might not look the same. It might be slightly different. But there will be a next time. We all go through different trials and challenges. And if we don't pass the test now or get the lessons we're supposed to learn, next time is going to be harder. Because then we'll be like, oh, I didn't learn back then. Now it's even harder and it's, it's, it's difficult. 
And you don't wait until then. You start now, right? You, you start the process. I love that, uh, that Tabitha shared Jeremiah 17 because that was the verse that I went to right away when I started to think of what is the lesson that God wants us to learn, wants me to learn through COVID. And this is what, what it says. Jeremiah says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusted man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose hearts turn away from the Lord. So Jeremiah says, in our scripture, God is trying to make the connection. All the choices we make, there's a connection between what we do and what we receive, what we experience. And Jeremiah says, there's a curse upon those who only trust in mere man, in human strength, who turn away from God. There's a curse that comes with it. But then there's good news. He says, that per, oh, oh, the bad news is that person will be like a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. Even when the moment of prosperity shows up, they miss it, right? They will dwell in the parched place of the desert and the salt land where nobody lives. That's the reality of somebody who doesn't make the connection to now and the future. But the good news is, but blessed is the one, this is what Tabitha read, is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by water, right, which stands the test of time. They'll be like a tree planted by the one that stands the test of time. It sends its roots out by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always in green. It has no worries in a year of COVID, in a year of 2020, in a year of political unrest, right? It has no worries. Why? Because it never fails to bear fruit. Because it's been working and doing the right things. See, 2020 showed me where I was planting and watering, planting and watering. I was looking at the seen parts. God was taking care of the unseen parts. We tend to only think about the watering schedule and only the things we can control when we neglect to remember why we're doing it in the first place. We're trying to produce fruit. And if we stick with it, we will see fruit. And God says, blessed is the man who trusts in me. He'll be like a tree planted by water who doesn't have to worry. The seven people, that, the, the, the other six that have spoken, I guarantee when somebody says, what do you learn through 2020? Because they've taken time to evaluate and ask the question, they'll be able to pretty quickly say, this is what I've learned. If we don't take time to say, what am I learning, God? What are you trying to reveal to me? Like, like Tabitha's quote, that's a great quote, right? God wants to get us get something, help us get something out of this moment. He wants us to turn to him. And, and if we don't take time to pause and say, well, what am I learning? We miss the moment to learn. You know, let's go back to, to Tabitha's challenge. He said, you know what, take a, take a few, find a, few, a new way to engage with God's word. You know what the most powerful thing in this world is? It's right here. It's on your phone. It's so, it, you know, you get the app and it can read to you when you're driving. You can read it at home. You can read it at night. You can memorize it like we do went through Psalms 23. And when you're in those moments of anxiety, unknown of, of whatever, you begin to say, you know what, I'm going to go to something more powerful than whatever I'm facing. God, you're good. You're my shepherd. I shall not want. God, you're my shepherd. You, I have all that I need. You take care of me. Even though I go through a dark valley, you are with me. And you go to the upper management, to the owner, to the, to the one that can change things. And you say, God, I stand on your word. I build my life upon your word. I do something to show that I'm trusting you. My confidence is in you. So my challenge, I, I, I agree with Tabitha. Let's engage, find a new way to gauge God's word. Maybe this week, ask God as you're reading his word, God, what are you trying to show me during 2020 that I'm missing? Please help me to see it so that 21, 2021, I'm prepared for whatever comes. In 2022, I'm prepared for whatever comes. And I can trust you in all things. You know, maybe uh, you're here today or maybe you're watching online. And um, maybe you're in that place where you would say, you know what? I have not put my confidence in God. My trust is in man. It's in myself. It's in all those other things. I'm a control freak and I'm trying to control things that I can't control. But God, today, 
And I want to have your peace. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to go your way. And maybe you're here in the room, or maybe you're watching online, and you're at that moment where you're saying, I need something more than what I have. I haven't focused on the wrong thing. I've been going to the wrong management when I should be going to God. Do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your heads today as we end our service. If that's you, and as, I, as we've spoken, and as you've, you've been listening to the different people share, and maybe something's jumped out to you, maybe you're here today and you would say, you know what, that's me. And I put my confidence in the wrong place. I am sh- I've been shaken, and today I want to put my confidence in God. I want to put my trust in Him. If that's you, if you're in the room, would you just lift your hand right there in your seat? I'm not going to call you to the front, but just right there, just lead you in a prayer. Awesome. Yes. Maybe you're watching online, and that's you. I'll lead you in a prayer in just a second. Anybody else? More opportunity. Awesome. For those that raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? If you're watching online, you want to pray this, pray this. And for the rest of us in the room, would you pray with me so that those that raise their hand aren't praying alone? Just say this today. Say, God, I choose you. I say yes to you. I put my confidence in you. Forgive me for my mistakes, my past, my sin. Lead me in a new direction to trust you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to give us a better example how to live. He died on that cross in my place so I could have life. So I could have it abundantly. Today I choose to put my trust in you. Help me to learn what I need to learn. Help me to have confidence in your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, we celebrate those that pray that prayer. So good.